Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip our listeners with helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. We believe true wealth is the thing money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Furthermore, we also believe our calling is to enable others to fulfill their own. And to that end, we endeavor. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hello and welcome into the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast. Uh, I'm Josh Clues, the Senior Wealth Planner for Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. Um, in, uh, if you're new to Wisdom and Wealth, we believe that our calling is to enable our client families um, to enable their own or to fulfill their own calling. And in keeping with our subject for the month of May um, and college planning, I've invited uh, Chad Tevenow to be on our podcast as a part of the University of Austin. Uh, Chad, welcome to the podcast. Well, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Josh. Thank you again as well. Um, so those that have followed the podcast inevitably have um, been forced to listen to my background. I, I come from a liberal arts background, graduating from Hillsdale College. Um, Chad and I, I believe, were connected through uh, a National Review event some time back. And as I thought through the um, just the ways that that people in our community could be preparing for college. I thought, hey, what better way to give them an introduction to something that's near and dear to me than uh, letting them explore University of Austin um, at just a high level in our podcast format. So Chad, could you share with our listeners just a little bit more about what the University of Austin is endeavoring to do and, and why they're endeavoring to do that? Just at a, you know, introductory softball. How about that? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to say, but I'll keep it at a top level. Um, the University of Austin, or what we call UATX, because technically we're not a university until the, the state of Texas certifies us to be, and that, that's part of what we're working on literally today and right now, and we, we hope to get that certification by uh, this fall. Um, but so UATX, which is a nonprofit organization that is founding the University of Austin, um, is... Uh, is new. So it's a new university, obviously based here in Austin, Texas, which is where I'm sitting right now. And the University of Austin is very much a response to uh, what's happening in higher ed and has been happening for, in some ways, for decades, but mostly in the last few years, where there's an increasing sort of the liberalism within um, higher education, meaning that uh, freedom of inquiry, freedom of thought, freedom of conscience are being um, uh, quashed in some ways. Um, and that's chilling conversation with students, with faculty. It's chilling the very purpose, the core purpose of universities, which is the exploration of ideas, the discovery of knowledge that makes our lives better, that makes the world better. The whole point of a university is to, to gain that knowledge through exploration. And you do that through a set of principles. Um, and so we're deeply committed to those principles being the freedom of inquiry, civil discourse, academic excellence. Those things are now um, being compromised and under threat in various ways. That's different at different institutions. It's not every institution. It's not every scholar. So, you know, some people like to throw the entire sort of higher education under a bus, and, and we don't. We're, we're big believers in higher education. Um, but higher education is adrift from its core mission, um, and we believe that they're that we can recommit and revitalize 
those principles of freedom of inquiry and academic excellence. And along the way, we believe that we can introduce a novel financial model that makes it more accessible to most families, as well as um, a more modern curriculum that blends both the kind of classical knowledge of the ages with a very modern hands-on uh, you know, applied learning is what they call it for the 21st century. Um, the only other thing I'll say about it is that part of our novel approach is uh, we have we have majors and tracks and all that, but um, we're very focused on cultivating principled leaders and principles entrepreneurs in general. So we don't have an entrepreneurship track or a business track. That is something that we anticipate with everybody that comes to the University of Austin. That whether they're an artist or an engineer or an entrepreneur, um, a bit you know in business, that they can approach that um, in a way in which they are leaders and innovators. So this is going to be a place for builders and free thinkers. And that's very much the kind of parents and students who are already showing interest and certainly uh, philanthropists, and the media faculty who are attracted to us understand that we're trying to build something different and that it's very much geared towards those, those creators and builders. And it's Chad, cr- correct me if, if you disagree with this, but I don't think you would. I was always brought up that an education at its, at its core foundational level was not about skills formation so much as it was about soul formation, right? You came into contact with those key principles, ideas that had stood the test of time because of what they did to your soul. They created in you, you know, something that, that was soul forming. And then yes, there were skills that came as, you know, as a byproduct of that, but the gaining of skills was not the pro was not the, the reason you went to college. It was, it was to come in contact with those key ideas. I think you would, and UT, UATX would agree with, with that statement you know, at, at its root, correct? Yeah. I mean, we're for a group, for a university that's, you know, nonpartisan, um, that is non-religious in the sense that we're not part of a religious sect. Um, we, we believe in transcendence. Um, and we believe that the path to transcendence is education is learning, Right. And you're learning not only about the world, uh, you know, you're not just learning about physics and English and mathematics, you're learning about yourself. Um, and that's, that's what I hear you saying when you talk about the soul. Um, we talk about the soul and the spirit sometimes. Uh, we mean that very broadly. We're very ecumenical. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Uh, you know, it's, for us, it's holistic. It's not, it's not producing technicians who can, who can produce the perfect widget. It's producing again, leaders and entrepreneurs who can go out and help shape the world, but do it in a way in which it's more consciously positive and, and aware of the implications for humanity and for human beings. Yeah. It's no, one thing to go and knowing create why they're tech- creating the widget. Right. Well, and, and knowing and thinking about what the implications of that widget might be. Yeah. And how yeah. you might shape it differently according to, to that. Mm-hmm. And so the other piece, so at, at root, there is a, a great books uh, kind of core curriculum that students will go through. And then right. so can you walk us through a little bit of the model as far as how it's different from the traditional model, um, you know, as, as we see it? Oh, the traditional model of great books or just in college in general? In college in general. Yeah. Um, 
Well, great books is certainly not the typical experience of college no. in general that, you know, St. John's and University of Chicago and others have done this um, and, and quite well. Um, for us, uh, the first two years are functionally a great books type of program, which means that you're you're reading a lot of the great texts from across the millennia, from across cultures about what it means to be a human being. Um, these are sort of the great questions of humanity. Um that, that humanity wrestles with again and again, you know, notions of justice. And so this is philosophy and economics and mathematics and physics and so on. What is true, what is good, what is beautiful, so on. Exactly. So forth. And we're, yeah, we're a big believer in those kind of grand questions and that they're not, they're not solved. So we believe in the pursuit of truth, not finding the truth because the truth can be very elusive. It can be very challenging, but the pursuit of truth is absolutely worthwhile. And that's part of that character formation that you were referring to earlier. Um, so the first two years for us is what's called the intellectual foundations. And that is probably the most literal name you know, that we have because it is literally the intellectual foundation for all students who go through UATX, all of them as a cohort together, go through that curriculum and have the, a shared intellectual experience. So they're reading these texts, they're debating them in Socratic style format. Um, they're having those hallway conversations and those midnight conversations in their uh, dorm rooms and whatnot. And it's helping them think more broadly about the world, but also deeper. And that's, that's maturity, right? It's when you can start to see things, not just in a narrow and shallow way, but when you can see it in a broader and a deeper way. And that's the point of that. Um, and then after that two-year curriculum of intellectual foundations, um, by that point, the students will have chosen a topic for what we call a Polaris project. And the Polaris project is this audacious project that the student has identified and started to develop a plan for that they will pursue more actively in their, in their last two years. Um, and the, the Polaris project is this sort of through line for taking that intellectual foundation and then applying it to a problem or an opportunity in the real world. So a 21st century problem. Um, and so they do that through mentorship. They do it through the coursework that they select. They have a, they have mentors who help pull, uh, help advise them. They may take they may take coursework elsewhere. Um, they will find uh, often a mentor in their industry, so outside of the university. Somebody whether it's in music or in business. So a lot of what we're going to be doing is helping connect them to those resources and helping them think through what's the plan for um, executing on their Polaris project. And it, this can be incredibly diverse. This could be thinking about new kinds of the way the Fed might be reorganized to writing a, you know, a symphony, um, you know, and everything in between. Um, so there's really, there's really no limits to it, except that it has to be bold. Um, and it has to really speak to how that person takes their greatest talents and applies it to the greatest challenges that the world faces. And so a student would come on board uh, in the first two years. Did I hear it correctly? After the first year, they start to formulate what their Polaris project is going to be, correct? Or is that after the second year? No, they'll start formulating it right away. But okay. it will take time to identify it and get clarity on it and then to start developing a plan for how they pursue it. And then by the time they're a junior, senior, in their third and fourth year, they will be actively executing that plan in terms of their studies they, the kind of internships they're doing, the kind of research they're doing, it's, uh, maybe uh, summer work, you know, everything. 
again, we look at it very holistically. So we don't want to atomize these pieces of, of learning where your internship is different than your mentor, which is different from your studies, which is different from your real passion. We want all that to come together into a single thread that pulls you, uses this project to kind of pull you along that thread um, to pursue this thing richly. So it will be the last two years where they're kind of full-time into their Polaris project. And from a cost perspective, um, you know, I've, I've read some, you know, essays that you, you all have a very unique, um, view of how this is accomplished. Can you walk us through what this experience entails from a cost perspective as it, you know, compares to other forms of education in terms of tuition for the student? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a word, it's not the only word, but it's the most important word, which is administration. Um, you know, the number one problem that universities face right now is these bloated administrations, by which I mean largely the non-academic administrations. You know, you have, there's some aspects of the administration are absolutely vital, of course. Um, but you, you just have these expansive bloated administrations now that, and every one of those administrators costs money. And then that gets pushed onto the families, onto the students in the form of, of the size of the tuition. And then of course you have third party payers coming in to help pay for it. And so there's no really checks on keeping this reasonable. And then these things have ballooned out of control. So it, it's really a scandal, frankly. I mean, just how ridiculous uh, the cost of tuition has grown both in public and private schools and across the board. Um, so we think it's, we think it's good on two, for two reasons. Uh, it's, it's good to, to get rid of all of that unnecessary administration uh, and to find more efficient ways to operate in general and to make the, you know, number one, make it more affordable for families. And so we're targeting around a $30,000 tuition. That's roughly half of what other elite private schools charge. Um, and the second is, is when you have these administrators, all of these administrators on campus and so on, it's kind of idle hands doing the devil's work. They just, they're, they're mucking around in the culture. Um, and it's distracting from like, basically from the classroom, which is students and faculty, right? Learning together. Yeah. And so we don't, we don't want a lot of other people on campus distracting from the core purpose, which is learning and teaching and research. Um, so we will have administrators. Uh, we will only have the administrators that we absolutely 100% need to run a university. So, you know, there will be somebody to help identify financial aid. There'll be a registrar who helps with the class schedule and things like that. Um, we are talking about taking the few administrators that we do have who don't literally have to be on campus and having them located in what we call an administrative hub. Um, and, and we are actively exploring building that administrative hub in Guatemala, in Guatemala City to be specific, because we there's a university there called the University of Francisco Maricane, um, UFM, that produces bilingual speakers. They share a lot of our principles and they're in the same time zone as we are. In fact, it's a very short flight actually from Texas to Guatemala, uh, shorter than it is to New York. So um, that's something that we're very actively pursuing right now. So not only will we have fewer administrators, but we'll, the, the administrators that we do have, some of them will be operating in Guatemala where the cost of labor is less expensive, but the quality of the talent is excellent. Um, so that just gives you one example. There's other things that we wanna do. Um, 
there's there's other kind of income streams that we think a university can produce to help offset uh, to help keep tuition reasonable. And of course, we'll have some philanthropy. You know, universities always have what they call an annual fund that helps to supplement um, income into the university, particularly for things like student scholarships. Uh, and through all of those means and being very focused on just producing an academic experience, we're going to keep the cost down. We, we will not have the lazy river. We're not going to have the climbing wall. <laughs> we won't have a football team other than we'll, I'm sure we'll have intramural sports because we want the kids to you know be active, but uh, we're not doing any of those things. We're, we're, we're the place where the, you know, the geeky, uh, you know, intellectual, free-thinking kind of folks want to go and stay up all night, and they think that's a blast. Right? So, so no rock climbing wall in your future. That's a hard no. That's a hard no for us. Is there if there's a business partner down the road who offers that to our students and they want to go pay for that as an extra service? You know, let them have it. No, absolutely. Chad, what else, uh, you know, I want to be sensitive of your time. What else would you like our listeners to know um, here in, in the Houston area um, if they're considering um, classical education and or liberal arts education uh, as a part of their college experience? What other words and admonitions would you have for them? I mean, the, the thing about a liberal education is what they call it, and they don't mean that in the you know, conventional political sense or, or current sense of it. Um, it's usually what you might call a classical liberal education, right? Um, it's learning about what makes us human and what kinds of great questions have come up over the years that we continue to wrestle with as a species. And then ultimately what came through liberalism, through the enlightenment and through the intellectual tradition of liberalism that has been so remarkable in human history. And it's those ideas about freedom and about the dignity of the individual, about pluralism, which is particularly important. Um, and in a university, it's about intellectual pluralism, which is the which is the real problem here. When everybody thinks alike, then you stop learning. You stop having those debates. People's people who are outside of the convention shut down, self censor. Intellectual pluralism is a major part of liberalism as a tradition and intellectual pluralism is absolutely vital. So if you want your kids and your grandkids to be true leaders and not just, um, not just get a job, not just be technically good at something, but actually be thoughtful, humane leaders and builders, then they have to understand the world around them and they have to understand how that came to be and what's their, what's their place in the world. Um, and you, you do that literally through economics and philosophy and history. And so it, these things get discounted, but we forget how vital it is just to understand the very nature of humans and human society and human, what they call human action, you know, the way we act in the world and how, and what that brings about. So, um, these sound like romantic notes, notions, but they're very practical. Um, now they're not as practical about maybe learning accounting. Accounting is important. But an accountant who doesn't understand sort of the implications of, let's say, having a Ponzi scheme um, <laughs> is, is not a very helpful accountant, right? And so yeah. why, why have we had Ponzi schemes and why have people gone along with them? And how were so many, why was the government so complicit in the, in the Madoff scandal? Those are, those are the things that people need to understand and not just the tech, not just the, you know, you've got assets and liabilities. 
Yeah, absolutely. Evil is something that uh, comes from the human heart, not not outside of you, for, for sure. So right. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Chad. Wish you and the organization uh, nothing but success and uh, are so excited to watch it from afar. Uh, if our listeners want to reach out and connect um, and follow the work of UATX, what's the best way to do that? Best way is jump on the website, which is the letter U, Austin. So uaustin.org. Uh, okay. We don't get an EDU until we're officially a university. So we're still the letter U, Austin.org. Uh, from there, you can learn more. You can jump on the page and donate. You can do whatever. Um, it, increasingly, we have more and more information on the website. It's a good portal into you know everything we're doing. Um, I'm always available when people reach out and whether they're do- potential donors or not, I'm available for a conversation about what we're building. Cause it is exciting. Frankly, it's the coolest startup in the world. Um, <laughs> and we've reached launch velocity. So there's no more really, there's not a question really, I think anymore about whether we're going to open our doors. We are, it's really a question of doing that as well as we can and having it be sustainable over time. So we continue to look for partners of every kind academic partners, philanthropic partners, and so on to help us, you know, every single fellow traveler that believes in what we're doing should stand by our side and help us march forward in some way or another, even if that's just inviting their kids or grandkids to, you know, check us out as a, as a potential option or, you know, donating money or, or just saying nice things about us, whatever it might be. Um, we're, we're in a position of strength more and more people are getting excited about what we're doing. We've reached launch velocity. Um, and so now we're just sort of saying, you know, don't stand on the sidelines anymore. Get on board, help us make this a huge success. And it's not just about building the university of Austin. If we can do this well, it's a shining light on the Hill for the rest of higher education. As a uh, board member of a uh, classical primary school, I, I, I'm excited to, to watch that take, take root and uh, grow. So thank you again for your time and we yeah. wish you all nothing but truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. Yeah. I appreciate it, Josh. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Well, that's all for today. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that you are better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. If you have questions or suggestions for a future topic, please direct those to info Houston carsonwealth.com. May you and your family encounter truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in Wisdom and Wealth with Josh Clues are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Our address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, The Woodlands, Texas, 77380.